Lord, thank you for bringing us together. We ask you, Lord, that your grace be upon us to hear and receive what you have for us, that we may be blessed, Lord, from your word. Be encouraged, be strengthened to be able to serve you in a greater way. And all that agree with that said, amen, amen, hallelujah, thank you, praise the Lord. Well, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about and continue the message on God's word, our foundation. Don't you know that's our foundation to know what God has spoken to us? We don't just come up with a certain opinion. Well, I think God is this. Well, I think God wants me to do that. But that's your opinion. But guess what? He made the rules. He made the earth. He created us. He knows what we need. So we should follow him and do what he has called us to do so that we can be right in line with what we're supposed to do. When I first accepted the Lord, I fell in love with the word of God. Oh, my Lord, I couldn't believe how good God was. Could you believe how good God was? He said, you know what? I'm throwing away your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. Is that good news? You mean everything that I did up to this point is forgiven and forgotten? I don't, I don't know if I can believe that. Well, it says it right here. Oh, okay, in God's word. So hallelujah, I fell in love with God's word. Now, I didn't fell in love just with the word only. I fell in love with the person who wrote it. Is that not? Let me see the first slide here. See, there it is. This girl fell in love with the Word, and the Word kind of grabbed hold of her. It became part of her life. Isn't that true? Now, God's Word is really a, a love letter to us, telling us how much He loves us, He cares for us, He's going to be with us, He's going to uh, be with us through thick and thin. And, you know, when you get a love letter from someone that you're dating, and uh, they write how great you are and how much they like to be with you and all these wonderful things. Remember those days? I know some of you are married. You don't get those letters anymore. But <laughs> you got an email. Oh, praise God. Amen. Charlie's on the ball. So, but you look at it and then you read it and then you put it in your pocket and you think about it. Oh, how wonderful it is to be in love. And then you pull it out after a while and go, Oh, yeah, she said how great, I, how wonderful I am. Oh, I just love it. You don't fall in love with the, the letter. You fall in love with the person that wrote it, right? And then you start studying the words, you know, like, what does she mean by this? I'm really great. Great great at what? What, what am I great at? And then you, you hear she tells her friend, you know, Pastor Chuck or whoever you are, he's very special. And you think to yourself, special, what does that mean? I need special needs kind of person, you know. <laughs> special like, you know, special, but, you know, a different kind of special. Like, I don't know who, anything about him, but he, he is, he's special, all right. You know? Or he's special, but for someone else, not for me. So you look and you can look. And so in the Bible it says that God, he'll love us with an everlasting love. And so you think about that everlasting, what does that mean? Does that mean... He's going to love you until you mess up, and then he's going to be mad at you? Or is he going to love you forever? Well, the Bible says what? Everlasting. Lasting forever. And then when you find out you mess up, he still loves you. He still comes and gives you his presence. You go like, okay, everlasting. Isn't that nice? Praise the Lord. He's calling right now. <laughs> so everlasting love. So it's the foundation that we build ourselves on because a lot of times, you know, things happen, things go wrong, maybe you get sick, maybe things, you know, don't work out, and you think that maybe God's mad at you. Is that not right? 
you think when things go wrong, you go, oh, is God mad at me? No, he's not mad at you because the, the Bible says that rain falls on the just and the unjust. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So it's not that he's mad at you. It's just that you have to overcome situations with his help. Praise the Lord. So that's the foundation that we have to build ourselves on, that God loves us no matter what. That's the foundation. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did we show the love letter? We didn't show the love letter. See, the guy's excited. Oh, I'm so happy. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. But our foundation is that he loves us. Let's see this uh, picture here of, uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Pisa, P-I-S-A. Pisa. <laughs> Do you notice anything wrong about this foundation, about this uh, building? Uh, she looked a little crooked. I don't know. She's not quite straight up. I actually was there at that city. Had some Italian ice cream across the street, and I looked at it, and I said, no, nah, she's not a ride. Uh, you know, my, my accent kicked in, you know. <laughs> There's something wrong here. And uh, we found out that, you know, it's built on marshy, soft land. That's one thing. And then also, it's not a real... Uh, it was shallow foundation, so that's what happened, and all of a sudden it starts leaning. And so we can't get discouraged if things don't go right because we have a firm foundation, the Bible says, in the Lord. Firm, isn't that right, Gina? Firm. No matter what's happening, I'm trusting and believing in what God has said. Praise the Lord. So uh, we know that God loves us. And, and I, I needed to hear that when I first got saved, when I first accepted the Lord, because I, I made a mess out of my life until I was the age 30. I just thought, well, I just play around, have fun, you know. There, I got time, you know. Eventually, someday, I'll accept the Lord. But right now, I'm just doing what I feel like doing. Can anybody relate to that? So after my life went upside down, and I can remember going into this motorhome that someone had given to us. And I said, well, Lord, if you can do anything with my life, you can have it right now. I, I, you know, if, you, if you still want to take me at 30, I'm ready to give my heart to you. And all of a sudden, he just filled my heart, my insides, my innermost being. He touched me, and I knew I belong to him, and he belongs to me. And I was unmistakable. I never turned back. That's been 38 years. And I just grow stronger and stronger in love with him and knowing that he called me. He was patient with me. He waited for me. This is the long-suffering of God. And I couldn't believe how good he was, how, 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 how forgiving he is. Amen? I'm trying to think of some other uh, description. Well, he, he, could have been, he could have been mean. He, he could have been upset at me. He could have said, oh, now you want to come to me. Now you want to accept me. Now you want to be mine. He could have said, you know what? You're going to have to wait a little bit. Let me just see how you perform. No, he welcomed me with open arms. He put his heart and his spirit in me to want to obey him, to help me, to live for him, and he never has stopped. He's continuing, amen? Now, you know, God, he doesn't have to be kind and loving. He doesn't have to and still be God. He could be mean. You know, in the Old Testament, he wiped out cities. He wiped out nations. He wiped out the whole known world with the flood, didn't he, for those that were disobedient and who weren't, uh, you know, respectful of him? So, so God, I, I admire just his character, who he was. What kind of God do we serve that is so good to us like that? 
where he says that uh, he's gentle, he's compassionate, he's, he's wonderful. He's, his pres- in his presence is fullness of joy. There's a wonderful uh, you know, uh, presence that we have when we're in his presence. We're all of a sudden not consumed with this world, but we have a heavenly deposit on the inside of us. And that's our de- down payment to when we finally be with him and be with him forever. Amen? So I fell in love with who he is, not just you know, the promises, but what kind of a God is that? He said, I am the father of all uh, comfort. I'm the God of all compassion. In other words, he started compassion. He started uh, comfort. He, he's the father of it. You've met people that are comforting to you. They're kind, they're, they're loving, they look at you, they talk to you, they want to know your, your life story. You feel so wonderful. I, I, I always tell the story, I, I met Henry Winkler, you know, the Fonz, one time when I was doing this crazy skating uh, publicity stunt, and he was at a, um, what do you call it, a recording studio. So we get to spend some time talking, and he was just looking at me and wanting to hear my story and so concerned about me, and I'm going like, wow. The Fonz, <laughs> the Fonz wanting to talk to me. All right, praise the Lord. So, <laughs> when when I then I married Marianne, and I so I would see the Fonz on TV, and I go there. Hey, there's there's my buddy the Fonz, my friend. And she, okay, all right. <laughs> she put up with that for a little while, and then finally she said, "He's not your friend, okay? He's <laughs> friends call each other. He's not calling you." So just forget about it. Go, okay, but you know when you meet somebody that's a celebrity, then you see them on the screen, you go like, oh, yeah, I can relate to them. I know, I know how they are. Praise the Lord. So the amazing thing about God is not only does he invite us to be with him, he wants, he wants to be with us. He's a jealous God. He wants to be with us, not only with us, but in us. Can you imagine that? That he says, you know what? I don't want to be on the outside. I want to be on the inside of you. Now, when I first met my wife, uh, 30 some odd years ago, uh, we, we fell in love right away. We liked each other right the moment we saw each other. We had known each other eight years prior. She was dating one of my friends, and my friend saw that we were connecting. We had a chemistry, and he grabbed her and took her away. said, no, you better not get too close to that guy. And so I only talked to her for 15 minutes, but I just knew there was a chemistry, and I wondered how she went and everything. So uh, eight years later, we met, but we were different people because we got saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> so no longer did she have to worry about me. Amen. <laughs> and so we just love being with each other. In fact, my wife, she, after she re-met me, she went to her bank and told the bank teller, I just met my husband. She just knew that she knew that she, I knew that too. And we wanted to see some of the ladies say, oh, that's so wonderful. That's so beautiful. My, my son is waiting for that to happen, too, where just in, in Italian, it's the lightning bolt. Something just clicks, and you just know that that's the one God has for you. And we wanted to be so close to each other right from the get-go. In fact, when we go out to eat, well, we got married uh, 10 weeks later, so it didn't take very long for us to let's, let's get hitched. And so <laughs> we, we, when we go out to eat, we didn't want to sit across from each other with the table in between. We, not, we needed to be right close to touching one another while we ate. In fact, when we were riding in the car, we wanted to be close to each other. You know, in those days, we had bench seats. Remember the bench seats? And the girl could slide over as close as she wants to you, right? 
and you used to measure how much she liked you by where she sat. You know, if she hung by the door, you know, oh, you're not, you're still on trial. If you're in the middle, okay, there's hope for you. And if she gets right next to you, oh, you, this is it. She could be your next girlfriend. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I opened the door and I let her, you know, sit. And she scooted right over to the, right next to me, just close to me, put her arm around me, you know, hugging me, kissing my ear. I could barely see. I could barely drive. I was like, I can't see. But I said, I'm not going to argue with this girl. I No one's ever done that to me before. So if we get in an accident, so it was a love accident. You know, I mean, what can you say? <laughs> Luckily, fortunately for me, a policeman saw us and drove up next to us, got on the bullhorn and says, could you please stay away from the driver? Give him some room. I said, Phew. I didn't want to be the one to tell her, but I enjoyed it so much. And then we got married, and we still wanted to be close to each other. In fact, uh, for the first month or so, we slept in a single bed, two of us. And we had hands all over, you know, in our face and all our, tangled up, our legs and everything. And, and Marianne has this thing where her feet move while she's sleeping. You know, her toes rub up against my leg and... I didn't mind it then, I mind it now, but... <laughs> but after a month or so, I said, you know, there's a double bed in the next room. We could, we could sleep in the double bed. She said, okay. So we went, we slept in the double bed, and that was nice. And then after a while, we go, you know, we could, should get maybe a queen-size bed, maybe to get a little more room. And then we graduated to the king-size bed, Amen. And then finally we got to the point like, honey, uh, you've been snoring, uh, and i got to get up to go to work tomorrow. Do you mind going in the other room so that I can sleep a little bit? Sure, honey, no problem. But God's not that way. He'll be with us through thick and thin. Is that right? He fell in love with us, and he wants to be with us forever. And so there's some attributes that I want to go over with you about how great God is today. Amen? So let's look at this. Uh, can you see okay? I'll take this down a little bit. Okay, Psalms 9, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. What does that mean? That means that God was never created. He always existed. And this is perhaps one of the hardest things for people to understand, including myself. We understand that there's no end to God, but no beginning. How did that happen? How did there always be a God? It boggles your mind that God could step out of time and be here. He told Moses, when Moses said, who should I say sent them? Tell him, I am that sent you, you know. He, he didn't, no one created him because if someone created him, he would be a, a creature, but he's not. He's the creator. And so uh, it's mind-boggling. Who, no one made him. From everlasting to everlasting means he knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega. He knows your life. He knows your story. He knows where he wants to take you, and he's there to help you. And he steps out of time to look at your, your, your future. Then he comes back into time and then helps you orchestrate it. To me, that's amazing how he can see beyond what we conceive. And the, 
he's revealed to us as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Not only our provider, but one who sees ahead and knows what we need before we know we even need it, and then is provided, has it there for us in his provision. This is amazing. When I first learned about this, I said, how can that be? And I heard the pastor say, so now when things go wrong and I don't see the answer, I say, okay, Lord, where's the answer? I know the answer's here somewhere. Show me where it's at. And it's depicted in Abraham. Remember when Abraham went to sacrifice his son? God told him, sacrifice your son, your only son, on the altar, give him to me as a burnt offering. Whew. Abraham said, sure, Lord. So they went up the hill, and Isaac says, Father, I see the fire pot for the fire. I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. And that was Jehovah Jireh. So he took him up the hill. He's ready to slay him. And the angel from the Lord says, stop, now that I know that you love me more than your son, you don't have to sacrifice your son. You know, that was the same mountain that Jesus was sacrificed on, on the cross. So God knew ahead of time what was going to happen. He positioned Abraham there to establish a thing. And then Abraham looked up and he saw a, a ram in the bush. Now, that ram didn't just all of a sudden appear. The ram had to come up the other side of the mountain and get caught ready for Abraham to see him. So the thing is, where is my blessing? Where is my provision? Where is what you have provided for me already there? And so I started doing this, and lo and behold, God, it is true. God knows what you need before you ask and before you think it. Before you even know you have a need, he already has it prepared for you. This is good news. God is infinite without origin. Let's see a picture here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the beginning of time is, where you get that. I don't know. But he says he knows your thought afar off. Before you even speak it, he knows. This is the God that you fall in love with. This is the God that's on your side. This is the God that you want to live for. Amen? Don't you want to live with the God that's got you covered? No, no matter what you do, he said, I, I got you covered. I know how to take care of you. Praise God. And the second thing is, second slide, he's immutable. What does that mean? He never changes. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. I don't change. What does that mean? He means uh, there's, there's, uh, he never changes. His attributes are the same from the beginning of time into eternity. He never gets better. He never gets worse. He's the same. And I try to be the same. I mean, I'm excited about things, but I, I try to be low-key, level. And my son said, you know, Dad, I'm going to try to take your approach. When things don't go right, I'm going to try to just be level, just kind of be calm through situations. If a situation happens, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to lash out at people. I'm just going to be calm in the name of Jesus, right? So we know that his promises don't change either. When you go to him, he's not moody. You know, he doesn't say, well, you know, I just don't feel like doing a promise today. I don't feel like answering your prayer today. He's not tired. I've already done too many miracles today. I'm not going to do any more. He's not critical. He doesn't say, hey, weren't you here last week? Didn't, didn't you ask for uh, a blessing last week? What it means is he's dependable. Our trust in him is a confident trust, for we know that he will indeed not change. He doesn't go back on his promises. Praise the Lord. His purposes are unfailing. His promises are unbreakable. Because he that has promised us will live forever, and his promises are sure and secure. 
I'm just standing on your word. There was a lady that was having problems with her. Uh, I forgot what it was. And she said, I'm just, she got her Bible out and she put it on the floor. and She stood on it and she said, Lord, I'm just standing on your promises. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm believing, Lord, what you said is going to come to pass. I hear a story about Kenneth Hagin. His mom was in the hospital and uh, he, he was praying for her because she was uh, dying at the age of 60, and he said, Lord, I've been serving you all my life, and now I can finally take care of my mom and spend time with her. And now she's leaving? She said, I, he said, I'm believing that the word says that we'll have 70 years by strength, or 70 years or by strength, 80 years, that it says in Psalms. And so he said, I'm standing on your word. I'm believing you. Now, I'm not going to get mad if you don't fulfill it. I'm not going to get mad if you don't heal her, but I'm going to remind you of it every day that I'm here on this earth. And then when we get into heaven, I'm going to remind you for 10,000 years that you didn't fulfill your promise. Amen? Guess what happened? She got healed. She lived to 70. She lived to 80. Then she came back and said, you know, son, I think I'm ready to go home now. He said, okay, mom, I'll see you later. See you when I get there. Amen? So you can stand on the promises of God. The next, uh, isn't that nice? Unchanging. Unchanging mutation means that it, you know, changes year after year. But with God, he's unchanging. And so he's also omniscient, all-knowing. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, I am God and there is none like me. Ha! Huh, that's for sure. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient th times, things that are not yet done. He knows everything about you, what you're going through, what you're facing, what you need to do. He said, I know all things before uh, you existed, anywhere in the universe, at any time in the past. He knows instantly and with fullness of perfection every possible item of knowledge that you might need, all the wisdom that you may need to fulfill what God has called you to do so that all the things that he has planned for you will come to pass. In Romans 11.30 says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. There is no one like the Lord. He's infinitely wise, consistently wise, and perfectly wise. There's no problem that you can come into that he doesn't have the answer. And I related to my dad. My dad was a mechanic. He was a you know, fix-all guy. He could do everything, kind of like Pastor Charlie. And there was nothing that I could break or, you know, uh, mess up that he couldn't fix. I can remember one day we were playing baseball out on the lawn, neighbor's lawn, and I hit a ball, pulled it right into a neighbor's window. I went, oh my God. And I looked up and all my friends took off. They were gone, you know. I'm holding the bat and they're, I'm like, where did you guys go? And uh, I knew my dad could fix it. I, I'd never seen him fix a window before, but sure enough, we fixed the window all kinds of things that I broke. I went up a ramp one time at El Camino College, and there was a, it was at night. He said, let's go up this ramp, you know, fast as we can. We did, and all of a sudden, there was a chain-link fence, a chain-link bar, and went right into, oh, my God. Can my dad fix this? Yes, he can fix it. So my first reaction is, if something goes wrong, I don't cuss, hallelujah. I don't take the, the name of the Lord in vain. I say, Lord, can you fix this? Can you help me with this? I can remember when we were at the Neighborhood Christian Fellowship and we, our car was parked on the church parking lot. And it was foggy that day. I was getting ready to go to work and I put it in park. I was looking at some notes and I took off and boop, somebody put a pole right in front of me. 
I, I don't know how it got there. It was, wasn't there before. All of a sudden, bam, right into it. And I looked at my car, and I didn't slam the, the, the dashboard. I didn't cuss. I didn't do anything. I just said, Lord, can you help me? I found out that the first thing that you say is what God can react with, God can use. And so my heart was fixed, trusting in the Lord. And so I said, Lord, how can we fix this? And I knew somebody in our church who had a body shop. And so I gave him a call, and I said, you know, I kind of ran into a pole. He says, is it drivable? I go, yeah. He says, bring it on down. And he looked at it. He says, oh, yeah, we can fix it, and we can cover your, your deductible, and everything will be okay. I go, well, can you do it before my wife gets home? <laughs> I didn't want to have to explain to her how I messed up. And he said, no, I don't think we can do that. But anyway, he got fixed. And so your first reaction, you have to train yourself, train your heart not to get upset, but to trust in the Lord. The first time that things go wrong, Lord, how can you fix it? Because he is omniscient. He knows, it says, the Bible says in James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who gives to all men, how? Liberally and upbraideth not. He doesn't get mad at you. He's not, he's not going to uh, correct you. And so you can know the future. He is limitless, infinite wisdom of all things. Isn't that good news? Let's look at this. So what we do is we call out to the Lord. Lord, help me. You got help from above. And sometimes you use people that are around you, but your first cry, your first call is, Lord, help me. You know, my, my brother Jacob here, we play basketball together. and we, We're a pretty good team sometimes, but sometimes I don't do so well, you know. It's not like I'm not trying, but the body just doesn't work as good as it used to work. You know, I mean, I, I make the same shot, but it doesn't go in. I'm going like, what's wrong here? And so, you know, Jacob gets a little frustrated with me sometimes. Come on, Chuck. Come on. Get, get it together. Okay, 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 okay. And then so I'll hit a couple shots and we'll, we'll do good. And he, then he's happy. Good job. I go, well, weren't you just upbraiding me? Weren't you just kind of, you know, belittling me? He goes, yeah, well, I was just doing that so you'd call on your God. And, and, and that way, you know, you could play better because... I know you know the Lord, and so I know you need more help than just, you know, what you got. So God is, I call on the name of the Lord, amen? In fact, I got another friend, Chris, he says, you know, uh, we had a friend that came, and I was making some shots, and Chris looks at his friend and goes, he's a pastor, and he calls on the Holy Spirit, so don't worry about it, you know? You nothing you can do, don't just, just play. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that after I'm recovering, I'm going to be have time to practice and be ready, be in tip-top shape. Amen? Praise the Lord. So uh, he's not only, what is he? He's, he's, in fa he's um, yeah, all-knowing, but he's also all-powerful. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. This is when Sarah was old. Abraham was old. The angel said, you're going to have a child next year, and she laughed. Ha! Cannot happen. No way, Jose. And the, God said, is anything, do you have some anythings that are seemingly too hard for you that God can't work out? Oh, yeah, he can work them out. Call on the name of the Lord. Watch him do this great things. He is all-powerful. He's called Almighty God. Amen? Almighty God. Uh, I'm looking at... Uh, the Tan family that had a situation at work where 
it looked like they weren't, you know, making enough money. They only had one route in their, at their, at their job. And so we prayed, and all of a sudden they said, we, we want the uh, Wilson to take over all the routes, all 40 routes. You kidding me? God, all-powerful God, can make things happen. Praise God. So, uh, he, he's, he's called the Almighty God. He possesses all power and authority. And Paul said this, he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Is that amazing? If you can think it, he can do above that. If you can imagine it, he can do above that. So we have a high calling of God. You know, I, I you uh, um, LPU students, I got a master's uh, degree a couple years ago. And uh, President Adams came here and he said, well, you know, you're not the oldest one that's gone through this class. There's actually one other person that was older than you. I said, I'm not trying to be the oldest. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to go get through. I haven't been in, in school for 40 years. So, you know, some of these terms I'm not too familiar with. In every class, maybe you guys can relate to this. Every class I started, I thought, oh, I'm going to quit. I, I can't do this. This is, this is too much for me. Every teacher that I took, I said, what is wrong with this person? What? Where did they get this idea that this was supposed to be a class? And you, it took you a couple weeks to figure it out, and then you figure it out and go, okay. But I wanted to quit. Every time they changed teachers, I said, oh, here we go again. But somehow, some way, I was able to get a 94% uh, percentage on my overall grades. I don't know how that happened. I just kind of gained momentum as I went. But I call on the Lord continually, daily. He would wake me up in the middle of the night and start downloading. And I was able to, to, to write the, the letters that I needed to write, the essays. And at first, I would give them to my son to check them. You know, can you proofread this for me? And he'd proofread it, and he'd change some things. Then he'd give it to me, and I'd get a low grade. I'm going like, what are you doing? You're a lawyer. You're supposed to help me. He said, well, I don't really know what they want in your class. You probably know better. So I said, okay, give me that. And so I was able to do And And, and turnabout is fair play because when he was in, in high school, he would have trouble with math. And so he said, Dad, check this. And I would check it and change the, the answers. And he'd come back and go, Dad, I got more wrong going with you than I did just going by myself. I said, okay, that's fair enough. But, so, but go with God, and God will help you in everything that you do. So do you have things that are too difficult or seemingly impossible? You know, and, and I found out this. I found out this statistic. This is kind of an amazing statistic. The Harvard School did a survey of young people in school and young adults, and they measured their stress level, their anxiety level. Their anxiety level was at the same level as people that were in the 1950s but had, were under psychiatric care. <laughs> so the kids now, if they were born in the 50s, they'd be in psychiatric care. But there actually are because, you know, they do drugs and they get on the Internet and they've got all this stuff that they do to relieve themselves. But God, I'm telling you, God can break through and help you in every situation because he is what? All-powerful. Let's look at this. Let's look at this picture. 
Yes, the mighty God. Amen? All right, we got a couple more. God is, so he's, uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me get my, okay. He's infinite. He always knows what will be. He's immutable. His promises are never changing. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And I like this one. All-merciful. Psalms 145, 8, 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Great in mercy. I need mercy. You need mercy? What's better, to have justice or mercy? Mercy. You can't do everything right. I mean, this, this, uh, very, uh, this lady, she was wealthy, and she wanted to get her portrait done, so she called this very famous painter. He's coming in here. I want you to you know, do me up. <laughs> Make me look good. And so he, he, you know, drew her up, took, you know, several days, maybe a week. And so she said, well, let me see the picture, the painting. And she looked at it, and she goes, that, that doesn't look like it. That picture, that painting doesn't do me justice. And the painter said, you, you don't need justice, lady. You need mercy. You know, <laughs> we don't want justice. We want mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. I'm one of his works. I need his tender mercy. Is that not right? So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at mercy because I give mercy. People ask me to do stuff, and I, I can't resist them. I'm going to a, a conference that um, Rosie invited me to. I say loosely invited me to, like, Pastor, you need to go to this. I don't want to. You need to go to this, okay? I don't like the speakers. You need to go to this. So we're driving in the car. My son's there with us when Rosie's there. And she goes, Rosie says, did you sign up, Pastor, for the conference? I go, yes, Rosie, I did. And my son said, that's the conference where so-and-so is speaking. Why are you going to that, Dad? I go, because Rosie's making me go to it. (laughs) Just can't resist people. Can't resist. One family came to me and said, we got... The authorities in the city have given us some, some tickets, some violations, you know, that we, we uh, were parking wrong in the, on the street here. And I, they said, can you do anything? <laughs> so what do you think? I know the mayor or something? Oh. Yeah, I do know the mayor, actually. But I said, I will try to do what I can do. And so I called up, and sure enough, they said, that's the law. You can't do anything about it. That's the way it is. And I said, seems a little excessive to me. And then I waited for the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. So I waited for the mercy of God. It was only 15 seconds, but it seemed like an hour. Okay, Lord, merciful Lord, bestow yourself upon this person. And so he said, well, give me a few days. I'll see. I'll try to work it out. And so I got a call or a text on Friday, he said, tell the family, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. It's all good in the neighborhood. Praise the Lord. So we need mercy, right? Um, What does it say here? Where's my... Uh, I didn't say I put it in there. Okay. Yeah, so we need mercy. So are you giving mercy to get mercy? Or are you staunch and just hard-hearted and not wanting to be kind to people? And I'm too busy. I got my own problems. I got things I got to work on. Do we do that? 
Nobody here. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, God is merciful. Oh, Lord. You know, when you cry out in mercy, cry out to the Lord. I know my dad, I, I told this story where my dad promised us that he would give us a down, help us with a down payment to a house, and he had dementia, and he couldn't remember that. <laughs> We're already in the process of get, buying a home, and, and I said, Pop, you know, you, you promised. He says, I, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, Pop, whatever. He's, and then with dementia is, uh, what do they call it when you, um, yeah, you're forgetful, but you, you accuse people, you're, you're um, paranoid. He said, you're not really a good son to me, you know. You never have been. <laughs> you never will be. I go, Pop, what are you talking about? And so he would go through his rants and raves, and I go, okay. I go, um, so you want to get a hamburger? He goes, yeah, okay, let's go. And I mean, it's dementia goes that fast, you know. So here I am. We're ready to, you know, close, and we needed this money, and we didn't have it. So I said, Pop, this is it. This is it. This is the time they want it. He says, I can't give it to you. I go, okay. So I went around the neighborhood, got in the car, I went around the neighborhood, and I was just driving around, and I was crying out to the Lord from the bottom of my heart. You know, that where your insides come out. I go, Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I need your mercy. And then within about 15 minutes, my wife calls me, says, your dad called. He said, come down and get the money. I go, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Through dementia, through the amount, through everything, he, he said, come on down. And he didn't forget. I got there. It took me an hour to get there. And he cut the check. We did the deal. And we're living in the house now. Mercy. I can relate to this girl when you call out. Mercy, Lord. Give me mercy. He's loving and kind to us. Praise the Lord. He's full of compassion, the Bible says. Is that not right? He's full of compassion. Okay, let's see. Uh, mercy. Mercy. Here we are. Uh, we have to call out, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And my, my son always says, Dad, if, you, if we ever need something for mercy, call on, my dad will do it. If we need justice, he'll do it. <laughs> if it's written by the law, he knows the law. But with mercy, mercy overrides justice. Praise God. So God is faithful. Let's, oh, here we go. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful God, keeping his covenant of, of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Isn't that nice that God is faithful to us? If, he, if, we, uh, if we are faithless, he remains faithful to us. He remains faithful to his promises. He's infinitely full and complete and knowing that he will be faithful to all that he has promised to us. Praise the Lord. To a thousand generations, to those that love him. And let's look at the picture here. The next slide shows the picture. You know, when God comes through, you're so happy, aren't you? You're so happy. We have just two more slides to look at. Let's look at the next slide. Oh, talking about his faithfulness, one, one more scripture that goes with this. I will never, under any circumstances, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. What kind of a promise is that from God? If you're facing any problem that you're, you're you know, that if you have a problem that you're facing... God says, I'll never give up on you. I'm not going to let down. I'm not going to relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Isn't that nice? 
And the last two uh, descriptions, God is holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, what is holiness? Holiness means being set apart, separate for his use. God said, I'm jealous of you. I want you to be with me, separated from the world, separated from uh, other people at times. He wants us to be with us. And Marianne still likes to be with me. Sometimes I'll be working on the computer or studying. She goes, baby, come on in here. Come on into the living room and spend some time with me. And the Lord's the same way with us. I want to spend time with you. But you say you're too busy. You know that song? I miss my time with you. Those moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. God wants to be with, he, with us. He wants us to be separated for his use. And then it also means to be pure, separated from sin, not having any sin uh, in your life, completely free from all trace of sin. We can't do that without the Lord's help, without the Lord coming on the inside of us and guiding and directing us and keeping us holy. He, you know, convicts us of sin. When we're doing something wrong, he tells us, you shouldn't do that. You don't need to do that. You know, come closer to me, and he will do that. So fundamentally, holiness is cutting off and a separation from what is unclean and a consecration to what is pure. And Jesus said, my Father in heaven is perfect, therefore you be perfect. And the last characteristic, and what I'm doing here is trying to get you to fall in love with the Lord more, want to be closer to him. You have a God that can do all these things for you. Uh, he's glorious. And I, I read these descriptions of God from David in Psalms. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. And the next Next scripture. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. That, to me, just touched me. You got problems? If the mountains melt, surely your problems will melt at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples see his glory. The glory of the Lord, when it comes upon you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? You have all of heaven backing you. You have all the things that you need from God is with you. So fall in love with him. If you need any one of these promises and you've been taking notes, or you can go on the website and look at the, the message, apply them in their life. Put them into practice. And you'll be surprised what the Lord can do. He just wants you to trust in him, believe in him, take him at his word, and when you take him at his word, you'll see the things that he wants you to do and the things that he can do. Amen? Amen.